Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Nino Speaks. I'm Nino DeVerto Rosa. Let me tell you something, guys, all of you out there. I just made it. I was at a luncheon and uh, I fortunately left a little earlier than I should have done. And good job I did because I like rushed and everything else. And, uh, and here I am um, on set. Absolutely amazing. Hopefully, hopefully you're going to love the show. I know I'm going to love the show because it's all about animals. So let me take it over to AJ Dean, my co-host and producer. AJ, take it away. Thank you so much, Ninon. We appreciate you. And you know I love wolves, right? We both love wolves, Ninon. And yeah. we have an amazing wolf advocate and educator, Tony Sealer. He's in the building with us today. So excited. His Instagram profile, just to let everybody follow and support him, is Wolves of Wolf Creek on Instagram. You can follow him there. And he volunteers at the Wolf Creek Habitat and Rescue in Brookville, Indiana. And we are so thrilled to have you. Welcome, Tony. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, Tony, you have, you're, you're, I'm more excited than you are, that's for sure. I, Great. I, I love animals, period. Um, so wolves have been a little attraction because of, of what they go through and, and they're just as human as any other animal, but everybody keeps uh, wanting to attack them, thinking they want to attack us. I think that's a little wrong. So let's see what's, go what's going on with our wolves. Uh, so just in general, um, the wolf population has been um, extirpated about 90% in the last century in the United States and Canada. So there's a very small population to what used to be. Um, right now, these days, there is a current quote unquote war on wolves right now. And that is due to uh, the wolves losing federal protections under the endangered species list mm -hmm. because the Trump administration actually delisted these animals. And that means that uh, per the endangered species list, wolves had recovered enough of their numbers in the areas that they are uh, current Mm -hmm. enough that um, the government basically said they're good we'll take them off because they aren't endangered anymore and because of that it is now down to the state and local representations and governments to then manage the populations of those animals in their state and okay. because of that uh, unfortunately Montana Idaho Wisconsin are kind of the forerunners of this they have basically put out a 90% calling on the wolf numbers that are in those states right now so there have been many many slaughtered so let me ask you a question is this done through each governor of each state to control wolves basically yes and their board yeah and, and they're called. And so you've got some of the governors that like wolves, and then you've got the governors that don't like them. Correct, yes. 
Now, our people, I know there's a lot of people out there that love to go hunting, quote unquote, all over the world. But I know in, in America, there's a lot of people go out hunting, yes. hunting to kill animals of, they could be deer, they could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they are allowed, and they are allowed to go out there and hunt and to kill. Why? Uh, most of the time people want to, and there's many different groups and associations of hunters. There's many different you know, There's hunters that hunt food for, uh, or fun, hunt animals for food for the winter time for the families. Some go sport hunting. Uh, there are uh, some egotistical hunters that like to get predators, like uh, you got bobcats, you got mountain lions, bears, wolves, just to bragging rights. There's that too. And a lot of hunters out there are ignorant in the sense that they don't understand that wolves actually are incredibly important to ecosystems. A lot of them think that wolves just kill and murder and eat all the Mm -hmm. elk and moose to bare minimal numbers, which is just entirely wrong. So what does a wolf live off? I mean, let's, let's find out. A wolf's out there in the bewilderness with all the other animals. What does he pray for? What does he go after um, to survive? Right. So wolves uh, primarily eat large hooved animals like deer, elk, moose, bison, buffalo, caribou, those large deer species more so than not. And they have to hunt in a pack to actually take those animals down because if you consider, you know, the average size of a wolf, maybe 90 to 100 pounds, they're taking out, you know, elk and moose and bison that could be well over 500 pounds. So it takes a pack to, you know, take those animals down. A single wolf can't do it on their own um so in that sense though wolf uh actual like the percentage of successful hunts is only 15 to 20 percent and that could be uh, a pack of five to ten wolves on average usually would take down one of those animals once a week wow Uh, see we never look at it that way we don't Mm -hmm. see it that way now coyotes i know that coyotes are not similar to wolves they're more similar to dogs but then wolves are very similar to dogs as well mm-hmm. so except for the strength and and how though i i can't say that because i don't know but coyotes um uh, i live in in vegas and we're mm-hmm. getting an awful lot of um emails and different things coming across you know the internet that the coyotes are coming more and more into town now, obviously, um, Vegas and, and Nevada is not really very green. It's more mm-hmm. mountain. But they're coming into town for one reason. They're hungry. And, is, yes. And is that the same thing as the wolves? Are they chopping down more trees, chopping down more stuff in states, and bringing the wolves closer into town? No, not in a sense. So coyotes are actually the second most adaptable animal to human encroachment right behind raccoons, actually. And that's just because uh, raccoons and then coyotes, they don't have as much of a natural fear of humans as wolves do. And that is really because wolves are much more intelligent. (laughs) Uh, They understand that as humans, we do harm to wolves and coyotes are kind of just like oh i'm just hungry i'm gonna go walk into this neighborhood yeah. and check uh-huh. out if there's any feral cats or any you know bunnies <laughs> you know stuff like that we have plenty of bunnies here that's for sure yeah yeah so small mammals like that you might have bunnies 
if there's a lot of like feral animals around, uh, it could be any type of chickens or cats or even on sometimes small dogs, which that's very rare in general. Coyotes will go for that still. Uh, yeah. They'll they'll venture into human territory for that stuff. Yeah, because they're hungry. Um, yeah, they're hungry. So backing up to the wolves, yes. they're hungry too. Right. So, so they have to find a place. And I, I would imagine that they're in their community, like any of us go to live in a community. Mm-hmm. They find a community where there's plenty of, you know, other animals that they know they can feed off. Right. Now, the animals they kill, do those animals also go after the wolves? Uh, the animals that wolves kill are usually the the bison elk moose is that what you're asking yeah. yes well which um, is the stronger one i mean if 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 the, if the other if the wolves go after all these other animals do those other animals go kill the wolves as well i mean if you're being if you're an elk and you're being hunted by a, a pack of wolves you're going to do everything you can to try to run away more so but if the flight isn't there anymore the fight's there so it's that flight or fight kind of thing yeah that's fine i know you know i used to live in hollywood hills i lived up on moholland drive and right in front of me was all these big hills and everything yeah. and many times even during the day but mostly at night i would hear this wowing and it was sort of you know and you knew they were killing something you knew something was going on and it, yes. it would echo through the mountains and i i was terrified not so much being terrified of 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 of, of it but terrified of some one somebody's getting killed you know what is getting killed and like you said it was a pack of coyotes killing you know they've got to feed as well so is it tough now out there for any animal um, whatever the animal may be to feed yes yes especially for predators because obviously predators their food has four legs and runs away usually (laughs) whereas you know um herbivores uh, they just eat grasses or leaves stuff like that so for any type of carnivore out there they have to hunt they have to and they have lower success rates obviously Mm -hmm. so just being a carnivore in this day of age if it's in europe and asia north south america africa whatever continent it is much more difficult and a lot of that is because of human species explosion, basically. You know, we're, we're moving and living in areas that hadn't been seen by humans ever. And, you know, we're, we as humans are in exponential growth. We're I know, we're, we're expanding and we're taking mm-hmm. their territory away. Exactly. But sometimes I have to say, I wish I had four legs and could run fast. two-legged animals. You still can, Nina, and you still can run fast, and you can. Uh, yeah, because I'll get away from it. Uh, I try. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony, what can we do to help relist the American gray wolf? Uh, there's uh, many things. So just in general, following a lot of social media platforms that uh, definitely um, promote the wolf relisting. There's uh, a lot of different. Um, sanctuaries out there a lot of advocates for the wolves this is jason momoa this is uh, leonardo caprio this is sanctuaries that i chit chat yeah. with on a daily basis almost like wolves of the rockies and apex protection project uh my friend aspirin uh, aspen works a lot with the relisting as well there's many of us advocates out there and we're a very large network of pro wolf people and uh there are a lot of ways just sharing all the posts you can go on and sign petitions on various links that these uh, sanctuaries and these um, activists put up and just just spreading the word we need is that is one of those relist wolves if you if you google relist wolves will the petition come up so people yes. can sign it 
Yes. Okay. So uh, realistwolves.org is the, the main web page to really push. And they have many links and petitions that you can sign and, and look into. Do you just only deal with wolves? Uh, personally, I do a lot of education with exotic reptilians. So uh, there is the exotic pet trade, right? And I'm a part of the, the reptile world of it. <laughs> oh, nice. What made you get into this business? Um, whew, I just, I've always grown and, and had a love for animals. And uh, growing up, I didn't really push into anything uh, much in, I guess into it up until about mid college. And I got myself my very first little baby snake and I was like, Oh, this is great. So mm -hmm. that's how I got into the reptiles about 11 years ago. And then, uh, local to my hometown is, uh, uh Wolf Creek Habitat where I volunteer Ooh. currently. And they're about 35, 40 minute drive from me. And, uh, I had interacted as a guest a couple times. You can actually pay um, a donation fee and go inside of the actual enclosures with the wolves and be you know, hands-on. They're like your eye to eye, your nose to nose to these animals and you get to pet them and, and they lick you and they jump and they love it and you love it. And I thought, I want to be a part of this. So I actually applied for it. You're giving a total different picture about a wolf. Yes. Um, you are giving a picture of, and I'm looking at the photograph of this wolf is, is sort of cuddled into you. And you can see just with the look on the wolf's face, that it's enjoying every minute like you are of being that close. Yes. So are people more afraid of wolves than they should be? Yes. Yes. Short answer, very much so, yes. And why? And why is it? Because I know they attack and I know, you know, survival, all that stuff, but why? It's, it's more of a, it's an ignorance is bliss. It's, it's all the folklore, the mythology, all the um, stories, Little Red Riding Hood, the Three Little Pigs. It's movies that Hollywood puts out like the gray and just depicting wolves as, as evil, as like shadow lurking, bloodthirsty animals that prey on anything and everything. When in reality, that's not true at all. Yeah, they aren't actually, they like yeah. aren't they like us, Tony? Aren't they like us as human beings? They have family, they teach their young during ritual and play and the hunt. Go ahead. Oh yes, definitely. Um, they have very complex hier like hierarchies. Uh, they have, in general, um, the alpha pair are usually the mother and father, and they have mm -hmm. a couple generations of offspring. There might be some aunts and uncles in that. Aunts, uncles, grandmothers. <laughs> exactly exactly and and wolves only actually breed and produce pups to the amount of resources that they are able to obtain in that breeding period which is just one time a year for a few months in the winter time so they only breed once a year then mm -hmm, correct yeah between so do, maybe do december breed, to february do they breed once a year or do they sometimes miss a year or if they if resources are very slim to none, they may not even breed. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking, because if there's not enough females around, you know, and they're doing their thing and they can't, then they can't breed. And that means if you can't breed, you can't multiply. If you can't multiply, then you're losing them. And exactly. that's the way, as, as well as uh, people out there killing them. So I'm going to give my big word out there. Please don't go out and kill these wolves. They're yes. beautiful. Yes. And what is the reason for people to kill the wolves? Is it something that they can turn? I killed a wolf and aren't I great? And aren't I wonderful? And aren't I strong? And aren't I this? And 
it's, uh, yeah, a lot of it's ego, a lot of it's ignorance, um, a lot of maybe local residents and just people in general still see the wolves as, you know, killing machines, you know, yeah, decimating yeah. herds of elk and bison and stuff. Again, not true at all. Uh, the numbers just scientifically prove that. And and it's just, it's it's unnecessary. And it's like I said, it's an ego boost in most the cases. Ego boost will think yeah. of, you know, yeah. I go back yeah. with this. Right, Tony, can you share with us a little bit about this picture here of who it is and um, your time with this special wolf, the name of the wolf and all of that? Can you share with the audience and Ninon and I? Yes, the picture uh, shown right here is myself and Aurora. She's actually a five and a half year old uh, wolf there at the um, at the sanctuary that I volunteer at. And I started over five and a half years ago. So actually a few months into me actually volunteering was one year that we actually did a breeding uh, session. And we expected a normal litter of one, uh, four to seven, just one litter. We got two litters. Uh, oh, an 11-year-old male who never thought of it before decided he wanted to that year. So <laughs> Love it. as I was mentioning with the resources, giving uh, pups or not breeding and stuff like that, wolves in captivity in most cases are generally very much taken care of. And our wolves actually shown that because they both gave us uh, a litter of nine and a litter of 11. <laughs> so you must have been very excited about that. Now, when you have this litter and they're all out there, um, do you put them into the wild? Do you let people adopt them? Do, do many people have wolves as, as pets? Because I know that could be a little maybe dangerous because I don't know, but you would know whether, I know dogs can suddenly change on a, on a ticket. They can suddenly go crazy, but also I don't know if wolves can do that. So would it be more dangerous to, to have a wolf as a pet or put them into the wild? What do you do with them? So the wolves that are born at our facility actually stay for life. You know, we're an educational sanctuary and we do have a number of rescues that actually come from different facilities that may have closed down from malpractice or, you know, lack of funding and stuff. Um, other than that, our wolves stay for life. Uh, we do not sell wolves under the table. It's actually illegal in the United States to own a pure gray wolf uh, privately, uh, unless you're like a sanctuary or zoo. Um, now, the wolf dog thing is, uh, it's it's muddy here and there. It really just depends on down to the state uh, regulations for that. Um, and that could be a whole different topic on another day. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you mentioned, you know, wolves being dangerous and stuff, um, maybe in captivity or, or in close quarters mm -hmm. with people. So wolves are extremely intelligent, uh, much more so. Uh, it's a different intelligence to dogs. We created the domestic dog to work for us. So they want to please us. They learn that we teach them, you know, we give them tricks, teach it. We, we work them basically. That's why dogs exist. Um, wolves have a, an intelligence of problem solving. So you cannot actually train a wolf to do anything. They're just like, they look at you like, a what? What do you want me to do? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to exactly. do that. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but so mind. Yes. Can we, we can adopt them right online. Um, you can adopt a wolf. Tell us about that, Tony. Yeah, you can sponsor one of our wolves. Um, I don't know the prices offhand because I don't really deal with it that much. But if you're local enough uh, with your sponsorship, you get a number of uh, free uh, enclosure meets. You can so you can meet your wolf if it's one of the our interactive wolves. Um, and you get a picture, I think, and a bracelet and a couple of different things. I'm not so, so you sure don't that. exactly adopt it and bring it into your home. Correct. You actually adopt it as you're going to take care of this. And can you name it and can you choose a female, a male or whatever? And that can female can have the babies and all that stuff. 
So um, we have all of our wolves right now. They're all named. So you can choose which wolf you want to sponsor. Yes. Uh, you don't take it home, though. <laughs> You'd want to give it back right away. <laughs> trust me. Um, but this past, you know, five and a half years ago, when we had that plethora of wolf babies, we actually did let some of the sponsors actually name their special wolf that oh, time. That so funny. that's why we have some very interesting names like Daisy and Star, because usually we go with uh, Native American heritage names. Yes. Well, let's get into that. The Native Americans, because that's kind of where this wolf kind of started out, wasn't it? I mean, the native the native peoples were definitely here um, way before any type of colonists were uh, any type of European push. But they took care there. of them. They took care of their wolves. And in a sense, so wolves were yeah. actually um, like say domesticated very lightly. Uh, we created the domesticated dogs from the wolves tens of thousands of years ago. Yeah. Um, so. You're right, Ninon. You're absolutely right, Ninon. Yes. Uh, our indigenous ancestors coexisted with the wolves. Mm -hmm. So I'd like, Tony, if you could talk a little bit about non-lethal deterrence in today's modern world, how we can, you know, whether it's um, guardian dogs, flaggery, light and sound, what do you, what can we do? What can people do to coexist with the wolves? Yes. Yeah, so like I said, non-lethal deterrence versus lethal, just you, it's been proven scientifically based of stats that non-lethal deterrence, like you mentioned, the you know guard dogs, flaggery, um, lights and sound makers, stuff like that. And you know how dogs can hear certain frequencies above ours, right? There are many um, ranchers out there who use a type of um, a bell or chime or whatever that gives that frequency off that actually does deter any type of um, carnivore just coming into the ranching area. Um, and it's just, it's much better in general. Um, the lethal deterrence just being, uh, going out and killing a wolf or, you know, a couple wolves because you lost a cattle, which most ranchers are reimbursed handsomely for anyway. Oh, um, really? Why? Yes. Why? It's, it's, it's a government thing. It's, it's just the, the ranching, the dairy industries, um, okay. beef industries, because those are very large, very big money making. They account for, uh, decently large pro, um, production of just food in general for United States. So do any, of them, do any of them still um, use them as skins? You know, a lot of people would in the olden days and even today, and especially a lot in England, we used to have uh, co-animals and, and use their skin. It could be a, a, as a carpet with a head on it, or could be as a, as a vest, or especially um, in the heritage that we're talking about. It, does that still happen? I mean, personally, I've seen um, the fur trade, the fur industry is still pretty prevalent out there. Mm -hmm. um, doing that with wolf pelts is uh, just more rare because they are more of a rare animal in general. Yeah. But there are wolf pelts out there, bear pelts, like you mentioned, having it um, as a, a decorative piece or yes. um, not. People don't really wear it per se as a, a warmth, like, you know, back in the day with indigenous peoples would actually use fur yeah. for clothing. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's it could be more of an egotistical a trophy uh, more than anything nowadays. Yeah, and now we want to. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nina. I, I, I just wanted to say we want to value the wolf as a uh, living being creature that has feelings and yeah. emotions and a family, Ninon, just like us, right, Ninon? That's what I'm. That's what I feel. I, I feel that we should definitely keep them. What I was going to ask you was color. Um, I noticed this is a gray one, gray silver. Um, what is the prominent colors now? I mean, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a black wolf. 
Uh, and that's a very good observation because most black wolves are actually, um, they phase out of that coloration. So most black wolves would be a young wolf. Um, oh. Most wolves are actually born a dark color, um, could be blacks or dark grays or dark browns, and they phase out of that eventually um, because black is not actually good uh, camouflage in any type of setting where wolves would be hunting. They are crepuscular, so they're most active during dawn and dusk, so twilight hunters more so. They're not nocturnal, they will sleep at night, even if it's just periodically. Um, but being, um, if you were an Arctic wolf in a tundra up in Canada with no trees around, but just vast icy land, you know, being a black wolf, you stick out like a sore thumb. Oh, so. definitely. <laughs> you wanna stay very light there. Exactly. So most wolves will phase out of that black or dark coating, get more of the tans and creams, depending on which subspecies of wolf it oh, may come be, from going to the whites. Yeah. It's a funny thing you say that, that sometimes they're roaming around in the dusk or lighter or even going to a little bit more of the dark. Rats or mice or whatever, rats mostly, they like to come out at night. They, they go to sleep all day and come out. So it's funny how animals in all different forms and sizes and, and whatever they are, they all have their little way of living. They live during the day, they live at night, they go. I often wonder what happened to flies, flies at, at, at daytime and you don't see them at night, they disappear. So they obviously go to sleep at night. Rats, you go to sleep and they wake up hovering around your home. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. So wolves actually are more of a dusk. Yes. Yep. Dusk and dawn. And they actually evolved um, that type of uh, hunting and, and awake time be due to uh, the animals that they hunt. Because deer, elk, moose, bison, they're all also crepuscular animals. They actually are more active during dawn and dusk as well. Okay. So now, because um, we're coming to the end of our show, now if you had to give any advice to the whole of, well, actually this is worldwide, this, this show we do, um, what, what advice, we're talking about in America, but what advice would you give people to try to sort of understand the wolves and, and, and try to sort of have a little bit more compassion towards them? Uh, definitely. Some advice is just, uh, just, <laughs> we like to say at Wolf Creek, Little Red Riding Hood was a liar. Um, <laughs> three little pigs had faulty construction. Don't believe all the fairy tales. Um, and just do do your research, follow uh, activist groups, you know, advocates like myself, that actually uh, have the adequate, the, the numbers, the actual facts. Um, don't just follow any other, you know, normal hunter guy in the backwoods that say, you know, smoke a pack to save a herd. That's kind of one of the more popular terms for yeah. the anti-wolf people out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just follow us activists, uh, get your facts, you know, online, you know, Google, YouTube. Um, there's a really good uh, short uh, YouTube short called How Wolves Change Rivers. It's maybe five minutes long, but it actually talks about the reintroduction of the gray wolf into Yellowstone in 1995 and how they actually brought the park back into um, a very, very good recovery. Oh, that's wonderful. I was just thinking of the younger generation, you know, this will give them something to do. So uh, the message to the younger generation to actually go on the computer and find out about wolves and find out in, in their community where they could go down and see them and where they could sort of maybe help. And if, if they don't have wolves in their community, maybe something else, lions or something. But since we're talking about wolves, would that be a good idea for our younger generation? 
Yes, yes. Talk like for the younger generation, talk to your parents. Like you said, if you're not in an area that actually has, you know, wolves in the wild that you can really, you know, love, maybe hear howl or something like that, would you be absolutely magical to hear wolves in the wild howl? Uh, there's a lot of uh, sanctuaries that are just out and about in different states that uh, give education that um, you can you go learn about the wolves and like kind of unique to our sanctuary, you can actually go into the uh, wolves and, and see them face to face and really get an appreciation for them. Yeah, because it would be a great holiday thing for a family with their children, you know, especially their children are kind of in the teenage, you know, arena. Right. You try to sort of um, give them something that's really cool to sort of look at and to maybe start taking care of, because I think at that time they need something else other, other than their telephones or their... Right. These <laughs> things. Yes, I know. Everybody's glued <laughs> to them. Yeah, so, so Tony, Tony, you can be reached at Tony's Wildlife on Instagram. Is that right? Yes, that is my personal. Yes. Okay. Where else can they reach you? Um, I actually the um, I have a Facebook page that is the same way Tony's Wildlife. It's all separated by underscores. I have a TikTok as well. It's all the same all the way across the board. And then in that I have a link tree. So I have multiple links of different petitions you can sign, different types of videos and stuff that you can watch about the uh, relisting the wolves and sharing it and all kinds of different stuff on there. What, what an amazing um, uh, um, show you have given us on something completely different to what we normally talk about. And I think I find it very interesting. Um, but do you have any animals at home of your own? Yes, I do. I do have a wonderful dog. He's an eight-month-old Husky Aussie Shepherd mix. And then I do have a, a number of those exotic reptiles, as uh, I mentioned earlier. I have five snakes, two lizards, and I do have a pet tarantula and a couple other bugs, too. Okay, well, I'll visit you another day. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> those things, I always think they can get out of some little tiny hole somewhere <laughs> and start going towards me. And actually, I was asked the other day, would I like to be thrown into a snake pit or have flies all over me? I said, I think I'd rather have the flies than the snake pit. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite sure. I really don't want either. But um, right. but I think it's so nice to listen to you, Tony, of your, your compassion about wolves and, and how we have to be more conscious of, of the animal world out there, actually. Yes. And, and more so at the moment in wolves and what, what we can what we can do um last word with you um aj thank you so much nina and everyone a google realist wolf sign the petition follow tony and visit your local wolf sanctuary and even if you want to just adopt a wolf online do that to support get our wolves back the american gray wolf it's so important thank you so much tony for your time today well, thank, thank you. you for having me on here we will have you back again and find out what's going on with our walls and the sanctuary and everything else. I want to thank, uh, obviously, our audience out there, because without all of you out there, nothing happens. Thank you for being attached to Ninon Speaks, and we're doing great. And we're also on Roku. So uh, things are looking great. Things are looking up, and we're doing absolutely take wonderful. So take care, Tony. Lovely to have you on. And thank uh, you. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye, -bye. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.